What's happening? A good Friday to all of you. Thanks for joining me. As always, it is much appreciated. And man, it's been a busy week. A busy, busy week in the world of the Patriots. Bill O'Brien, that breaking news last night. We went over that. You can check the pod out in the channel. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for everybody who joined me last night. Pretty late. Pretty late on a Thursday. Uh, But today, tons of Patriots content. Coming up later, my unique perspective on that crazy week the Patriots just went through. You do not want to miss that. A number of things that I can guarantee you you have not heard anywhere else but here. We'll cover that a little bit later. We'll also hopefully get into some free agency talk. But first, will Bill Belichick sabotage Gerard Mayo's first offseason as an NFL head coach? The one thing we know about Bill Belichick is the man holds grudges. Some would call him petty. In the Seth Wickersham Wright Thompson story from last week, there was an anecdote as to why Belichick continued to play Mac Jones, even though pretty much all of us thought he should have been benched post-Colts game. And here's what Wickersham wrote. Belichick left Jones in games even when it was clear the quarterback was losing confidence. A confidant of Belichick said, quote, a bleep you to craft. So a confidant of Belichick, somebody who knows Belichick, speaks to Belichick, is in Belichick's circle, told Seth Wickersham and or Wright Thompson that the reason why Mac continued to play, even though he was bad, was Belichick wanted to thumb his nose towards Kraft. That's petty. That's absolutely petty. Here was Chad Graff in The Athletic about Belichick's relationship with Mac Jones. Under Patricia and Judge's tutelage, Jones fell apart. In the offseason, Belichick was not willing to bury the hatchet. Instead of building up his young quarterback for a bounce back, the coach went out of his way to avoid any positive remarks about Jones. Belichick was upset that, in his eyes, Jones has had disrespected his coaching that year by seeking opinions from outside the building and complaining openly on the field. Bill Belichick historically holds grudges. Think about it. Still to this day, can't stand the Jets, hates the Jets. Loves to eviscerate the Jets. Eric Mangini threw him in a bucket far, far away. In his eyes, in Belichick's eyes, if you cross him in any way, in his opinion, you are dead to him. That's what we've learned. It took him how long to reestablish a relationship with Bill Parcells after Parcells was his mentor forever. So this is a man who holds grudges, which leads me to sabotage. The definition of sabotage is to deliberately destroy, damage, or obstruct something. And I ask you the question, will Belichick sabotage Mayo's offseason? You have to look at this relationship and wonder, is there a reason for a grudge between Mayo and Belichick? I think there are multiple reasons. Don't forget the story by Greg Bedard going back a couple of months ago, how Mayo was rubbing people the wrong way. Who do you think that came from? I'm not going to tell you it came from Belichick, but it certainly came from people who were on the Belichick quote-unquote side. So you had that report. You have countless, countless stories about how there was infighting within that coaching staff. Guys that were not getting along, disagreements all the time, issues in that facility. And we know that Belichick was aware of Mayo's contract in the succession stipulation that was in said contract. So I have to imagine that Belichick, as the season continued, and as Mayo was rubbing certain people the wrong way in the building, Belichick started to get probably offended by that, or at least frustrated or angered. And again, we know what the track record is with Bill Belichick. Once he gets frustrated with you, once he has an issue with you, he holds on to that issue. He grasps onto that issue. Greg Bedard yesterday, when we were recording the podcast I do with Greg every week, said that people in Belichick's world were not happy about Gerard Mayo's press conference. So again, we hear that Belichick, Belichick's people, not happy with Gerard Mayo. I have to imagine that Bill Belichick and Gerard Mayo are on some icy terms. And I know Mayo did several one-on-one interviews after his press conference this week, and he pretty much said that, It wasn't necessarily great at the end. There was no grand embrace between he and Belichick when Belichick left the building. So there's an issue there. Now, before we continue, got to remind you, don't forget to give us that thumbs up. More thumbs means more eyeballs. Let's beat this algorithm together. I appreciate every single one of you giving me a like, 
So on YouTube, give us that like. Also, Facebook, X slash Twitter. Like, comment, and subscribe. Apple Pods, Spotify, rate and review. That's how we build this family that we are building here at the Nick Cattle Show. So when you look at this relationship, you have to wonder, did the relationship cost Gerard Mayo, Bill O'Brien? We did that breaking news podcast last night. O'Brien going to the Ohio State. Did Belichick and Mayo, that relationship, did it fracture any sort of relationship that Bill O'Brien and Mayo had or could have had? We don't know. We have no idea. But but the fractures within Belichick and Mayo's relationship could have cost Mayo Bill O'Brien if Mayo wanted O'Brien to return. Or you can look at this in a positive light. You can look at this and say, maybe this fracture between Belichick and Mayo, maybe this grudge that Belichick is very likely to hold against his former pupil, maybe just maybe that is actually going to help Mayo. Maybe that makes it easier for Mayo to accept and embrace change. But when you think about it, this is going to be tough. Even if it does help Mayo embrace the idea of change more than he might have beforehand, this is a very difficult and steep hill that Mayo has to climb. I mean, Mayo does not have a thick Rolodex. We've talked about that from the very beginning. One of the cons of hiring Mayo was he doesn't have a lot of experience, actually no experience, outside of the Patriots building within the football world. He played his entire NFL career in New England, and he coached the entire time here in New England. So Mayo does not have a vast Rolodex of names that he can pour through and say, oh, I like this guy, I like that guy. So when you start with a limited pool, and then you have Belichick, who looks like he's going to Atlanta, possibly, if not probably, recruiting some of the staff that's here in New England, it makes it tough for Mayo to find coaches that he can trust. So Belichick, in one way, could help sabotage Mayo's offseason by pulling people from the staff that Mayo might want. Mayo already working with a limited number of names. And then you look at the front office staff. No matter how you or I feel about the front office staff, if Gerard Mayo wants Elliot Wolf and Matt Groh as part of his front office, he might not have those guys in about a week or two if Belichick goes to Atlanta. And this is causing contingency plans for Mayo across the board. And it just makes it more difficult. Mike Giardi on Elliot Grow, uh, Elliot Grow, Elliot Wolf and Matt Grow. One team source believes the Patriots will promote Elliot Wolf to a more significant position of power. However, I did hear from two prominent league sources who believe Wolf and Grow will eventually land wherever Bill lands. So what if Mayo wants Wolf to run this ship. And now they're kind of stuck in the middle. And that's why in the press conference, like we saw with Bill O'Brien last night, Mayo did not go into detail about offense, offensive coordinator scheme, because Mayo knew, Kraft knew, that O'Brien was going to leave, that he was headed to Ohio State. So what we have here is a very, very fluid situation, folks. A very fluid situation. And this is what happens when you promote somebody from within, but this breakup is different, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So Belichick can make this very tough, very tough on Mayo. He could drag his feet with Atlanta while all these other people here in New England are waiting to figure out, am I going to have a job or not? So every little obstacle in the way of Mayo succeeding in putting a staff together efficiently coaching staff and front office staff, every little obstacle is an issue. And I could easily see this tug of war between Belichick and Mayo happening behind closed doors. Can easily see it. Steve Belichick, Brian Belichick, maybe Mayo, even though I would like to go outside the system. We talked about it last night on that Bill O'Brien breaking news podcast. You could check it out on the channel. I would love for the Patriots to go outside the walls of the building to find their next offensive coordinator. Maybe Mayo wants Josh McDaniels, but McDaniels is stuck in the middle because he's waiting to see what happens with Belichick in Atlanta. So if McDaniels is waiting because Belichick is, is waiting to make a decision, and then Mayo has to wait because of those two things. It's a domino effect. 
And that can cause this offseason to go a little bit slower than all of us want it to. All right, it's been a bananas week, and I'm telling you, a unique perspective. I did some research. I went into the lab yesterday. I looked at some past instances of press conferences and what that might tell us about Mayo and what happened this week. A unique perspective, something that I think you have likely not heard anywhere else here in Boston. I'm going to give that to you in a minute. But first, let's go to uh, some of these chats because people are jumping in with their uh, questions and thoughts. MJ Witty. Loved your rant last night to Bedard about the Belichick coaching loyalists. Don't let the door hit you in the AWS. Yeah. Um, so I posted that. If you want to check out what MJ's mentioning here and referencing at Nick C Radio, you can follow me on Twitter and X. I had a little bit of a rant to the Belichick loyalists. I'm, I'm just tired of hearing about how certain people are upset. And what set me off was Bedard telling me that people in Belichick's world were unhappy with the press conference. I don't care. None of us should care. Why do I care about Belichick's world? Oh, people in Belichick's circle were upset. I couldn't care less. If you're a Belichick loyalist, get out. The Patriots don't need you. Gerard Mayo, the last thing he needs is a bunch of dudes who behind his back are talking about Bill Belichick and shooting arrows at him. It's going to make the job much tougher. So I'm glad that you love the rant. Uh, I, I enjoyed delivering it. Sports Unlimited. I think this was the best thing that could happen to the Patriots. Now we need to bring an OC from the outside. Someone from the Shanahan McVay tree. Great show as usual. You the man, LOL. I appreciate the Sports Unlimited. Uh, he's been an OG. Sports Unlimited has been with us pretty much from day one. I appreciate you. Ian jumps in. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, baby. Got a question. With Billy O gone, there, gone there's a good chance the offense goes in a different direction. Where does that leave guys like Juju Parker, Bourne, Stang, or gone? Uh, interesting, interesting question, Ian, because how do the pieces fit with the offensive system and scheme that might come in that is different? We don't know yet. It all depends on who comes in as the OC. Now, do the Patriots want to get rid of Juju anyway? I have no idea. They might be looking to trade him. We know, according to Andrew Callahan, who does great work for the Herald, that the Patriots are talking to Kendrick Bourne about bringing him back. So, Whatever the offensive system is, it seems like Mayo and company believe that Bourne will inevitably fit within that system. I think Pop will be fine because Pop can move around. He's a slot guy. He's a gadget guy. I think he'll be okay. All right, we'll get back to your chats in a little bit. Don't forget, if you want to jump the line and donate to the program, you can send a super chat. Charlie sent a $10 super chat last night. I always appreciate those. They mean the world to me. Let's get to this unique perspective. Let's get to the homework that I gave myself last night. I think that people are jumping to conclusions because of the press conference that happened on Wednesday. And what happened last night with Bill O'Brien going to Ohio State, that should remind us that you don't know what you don't know. And all of us at this point are speculating. We are reading between the lines. We are reading the tea leaves. We're trying to figure out Oh, why didn't he say this? Why did he say that? And I just want to remind people, jumping to conclusions is a dangerous game and really doesn't get us anywhere. This is a very particular situation. I want all of us to chill, relax here on a Friday, but absorb this for a minute, all right? So Bill Belichick just left the Patriots. We're talking about a head coach and a football czar the guy who ran the entire program from the front office to nutrition to coaching staff. He ran it all for a quarter of a century. And he just walked out that door. Nobody in the NFL had the power within an organization that Bill Belichick had no coach owners, of course, but no head coach had the kind of power that Belichick wielded here in New England. You move on from that, which is already significant. It's already landscape changing by walking away from Bill. Now think about Gerard Mayo. Gerard Mayo's not coming from the outside. Gerard Mayo's coming from the inside of the building. Mayo is from the facility. So now you have mentor being replaced by pupil. But this is not a peaceful transition. This is not one of those things where it's like, you know what? I had a great run. 
Good luck, Gerard. I'm leaving. No, this is Belichick who reportedly wanted to stay. Others say he didn't want to stay, but this is a, a, a miserable, frustrated Belichick leaving the only place he's known for a quarter of a century and being replaced by the guy that has been his pupil, that he drafted, that he developed, that he was side-by-side side with for so many years. He went out and he recruited Mayo to the coaching staff. He wined and dined Mayo. So think about this relationship. Think about how it began. Think about where it is right now. This is not a clean break. I'll give you an analogy. What happened in New England over the last eight days is a divorce with children. This is not a clean break. This is not boyfriend, girlfriend agreeing that they should go separate ways. This is a tough divorce with animosity and some hostility going on. So to expect something to quickly be so clean and so easy when you're going through one of the toughest divorces that we've seen in sports, this was a dynasty, not once but twice with Belichick. There are not many dynasties in sports anymore, let alone two of them through two different periods, let alone led by one single guy doing pretty much everything. So I think way too many people are comparing what's happening here in New England to every other hire or firing. And I think that's foolish. And I think that's short-sighted. We have to look at this, the big picture, from 30,000 feet and understand that what's happening here the last eight days is very, very particular. It's very specific, a specific set of circumstances. This is not just, coach doesn't work out anymore, let's blow him out and bring somebody else in. This is soup to nuts, meat and potatoes, top to bottom, Belichick knowing everything, running everything, his way, the full operation him leaving, being replaced by his pupil. Again, it is a divorce with children. It's not a clean breakup. It's not a cut the cord and move on. And I want people, I understand that, you know, we're so stuck in this 24-7 news cycle. We're stuck to talk show hosts yelling and ranting and raving. I even do it. I'm guilty sometimes. We're used to social media and everybody being upset and everybody being negative and trying to read everything into something negative. We need to appreciate what's happened in eight days. In the last eight days, the greatest coach of all time and football czar of the Patriots left. The Patriots hired his replacement. The offensive coordinator just left to go to Ohio State. A lot of the coaching staff, they're on vacation. You've got Belichick loyalists still in the building that Mayo, I'm sure, is trying to sift through right now. You've got contracts that still are being honored from the prior regime, guys that are still getting paid in the front office and elsewhere that you know believe in Belichick through and through, and you're trying to go through all of those contracts. There's a lot of stuff. And even if you knew, even if you knew that Belichick was going to be gone a month or two ago, whatever the timeline was, if it was November, like Tom Curran said, it's still going to be a messy divorce. How many divorces happen and the couple knows that they're going to get divorced for six months, a year, a year and a half, and it's still messy? I know people personally that have gone through that. Divorces are not easy. And we are seeing one of the biggest divorces in sports history play out publicly and people expect all of these answers in eight days. I come from a home of divorce. My parents divorced when I was very young. Lots of issues happen when divorces go down. Did I go to my mother or father eight days after the divorce and say, you know what? Why can't we all just be a happy family? <laughs> you know, dad can find a new girlfriend. Mom, you find a new boyfriend, we're good. No big deal. That's not reality. It's not reality. It's a vacuum that people live in. And this is going to take some time because there is a lot that Mayo and Kraft have to get through. All right, I'll talk about introductory press conferences in a minute because 
I went into the lab. I did some work. You are going to get a kick out of what people were writing and saying about some prior introductory press conferences of NFL head coaches. I promise you this is worth it. First, let's jump to a couple of uh, questions and comments here. Don't forget to give us that like. Every thumbs up means the world to me. More likes means more eyeballs trying to beat up that YouTube algorithm. Give us a thumbs up. Takes a second of your time. Don't forget to comment as Derek did and also subscribe. We have flown by 1,500 subscriptions. We're now trying to build the 1750. Let's get to 1750. If you want an alternative to Boston Sports Talk, what you get from other places, that's what we try to do here. Let's go to Derek. Is there an actual chance that Higgins becomes a free agent or the Pats going to have to trade for him? Uh, it, it all depends if Cincinnati decides to franchise him, right? If Cincinnati decides to franchise T. Higgins, then it's probably a non-starter unless they franchise him to open the door to possibly trade him, which you're mentioning. So we'll see what Cincinnati tries to do with Higgins. We do know that Burrow has come out publicly and said that he wants Higgins back. And we know that quarterbacks, they have a lot of sway, a lot of, lot of sway. Cody jumps in. The irony of Bill sabotaging Mayo and the Patriots by luring all of his cronies away from Foxborough, that it's what will probably be what turns the franchise around. Yeah, it, it could be. Anthony from the 757 jumps in. Packers fan, listen to me down in Virginia for a lot of years. Great job, Nick. I appreciate you, Anthony. He is a Packers fan. Anthony, you must be absolutely thrilled with Jordan Love. JD, consider, did Belichick not groom successors at certain roles to solidify Kraft's reliance on him and thus ensure a Belichick world would continue? It's a fascinating angle. Did Belichick try to keep his power by limiting others' development in the building. I wouldn't put it past anybody. Power's a hell of a thing, man. Power is a hell of a thing in all worlds, whether it's political or business or sports. Power is a hell of a thing. And people, they're so power hungry, they might do things like that. I don't know if Belichick got in the way of people's development in the building to have that stronghold. All right, let's get to press conference talk. I'm going to give you something new. You've heard so much stuff the last couple of days. Your head's probably spinning, right? Let's give you something new. I'm here to tell you that introductory press conferences do not underline the word, put it in bold, capitalize it. Introductory press conferences do not indicate future success. Let's have some fun. Let's jump into the uh, hot tub time machine, shall we? Brandon Staley who I remind you finished 24 and 24 with the chargers was just fired in the middle of this past season. Do you want to know what was written about Brandon Staley and what he said when he was out there in his introductory press conference? Staley went 90 minutes. Staley had a very detailed 90 minute introductory press conference via zoom. Here's what was written and said about Staley after that intro press conference. New Chargers head coach Brandon Staley's introductory press conference on Thursday lasted over 90 minutes. He hardly needed that long to make an indelible first impression. The 38-year-old Staley called every reporter by his or her first name when answering their questions. He exuded authenticity when laying out his vision for the franchise, i.e. Brandon Staley's intro press conference seen as a home run. 24 and 24 fired in the middle of this past season. How about Dan Campbell? Do you remember Dan Campbell's press conference? USA Today, Andy Nesbitt wrote about Dan Campbell's press conference at the time. Now, let's also remember, last week, Dan Campbell led the Lions to their first playoff victory in 32 years. Here's what Nesbitt wrote about Dan Campbell. Campbell met with the media on his first day on the job and proceeded to have one heck of a press conference. And it wasn't in a good way. The former assistant head coach and tight ends coach for the Saints had a wild press conference that lasted over an hour, which isn't a good thing. Again, remember, people were like, wow, Mayo and Kraft went 40 minutes. It included one part where he went on about biting kneecaps. <laughs> and getting back up and biting more kneecaps, which isn't a good thing. 
Dan Campbell's press conference when he introduced himself to Detroit was pretty much universally panned. He was looked at as a joke, and I fell into the trap. See, here's the thing. I have a unique perspective on things because for a number of years, I left Boston, and I did sports talk radio in different places. I worked for ESPN Radio National for a year. I worked down in Virginia Beach, which is, because of the military, a national vibe. I worked out in Sacramento before I had to leave to come back here for family. So I've seen a lot of press conferences. I've seen a lot of things written. I've heard a lot of things said, and I've said a lot of things about some of these press conferences and how they didn't make any sense. They were silly. It was ridiculous. The guy said nothing. I've gone through that. And I understand that a lot of people here in New England, fortunately, have not had to go through that. Think about it. With the Celtics, you had, you know, Danny Ainge and, and Brad Stevens handling it. Everything went well. Everything went well, pretty much. Transition, fine, fantastic, good. Doc Rivers to Stevens, great transition. Stevens to Ime, great transition. Ime to Joe, because eh, <laughs> of Ime's situation. The Patriots have had the same guy for 20-plus years, right? So you haven't necessarily had to worry about that. So the, the experience here in, in Boston and New England is different than anywhere else. I can tell you what those other experiences were like. I can tell you when I was doing a radio show down in Virginia, when Dan Campbell had his introductory press conference, that I absolutely roasted Dan Campbell. And we laughed and we joked about the biting the kneecap thing. Now he just led the Detroit Lions to their first playoff victory in 30-plus years. I went through that. We've heard that, you know, Gerard Mayo and Robert Kraft, they did not articulate a plan, right? They, they didn't articulate a plan. They, they didn't give us a lot of details. Well, was that because the Patriots, Mayo and Kraft, are just completely incompetent? Was it because they were being coy and they know that they still have to execute some of their plans? Obviously, they knew Bill O'Brien was leaving during that press conference, which I think is why they didn't talk about offensive scheme or offensive coordinator or offensive staff because they knew O'Brien was leaving and they wanted to protect O'Brien before he went to Ohio State. Were they unsure of the Bill Belichick impact we discussed a little while ago? The idea that Belichick could rip some of the staff away from Mayo. I'm here to tell you, the lack of detail during Wednesday's press conference does not Underline it, bold it, put it in caps. Does not mean that Gerard Mayo is a mess. It doesn't mean that Mayo has no clue. It doesn't mean that he's lost. Now it could. Mayo could have no clue. Mayo could end up being a mess. But what I'm saying is the lack of detail at the press conference is not an indication of any of those things. It's just not. Let's go back to Andy Nesbitt on Dan Campbell's press conference. You're going to love this. Here's what Nesbitt wrote, USA Today, Dan Campbell's press conference. That long rant about biting hunks out of people doesn't seem like something successful a successful NFL coach would say. You could just hear certain media members and people around here in New England, fans, media, pretty much. You can hear certain people say that exact thing about Mayo, right? If, if I replaced Campbell's name with Mayo, you'd hear something like that, right? Oh, the way that Mayo presented himself and didn't have detail, it doesn't seem like that's something that a successful NFL coach would do. Nesbitt wrote this, talking about the hunks out of people that uh, Dan Campbell talked about during his intro press conference. I've never heard Andy Reid say something like that. I've never heard Sean McDermott say something like that. Here's the icing on the cake. I've never heard Bill Belichick say something like that. I feel like the good ones are more concerned about talking strategy in the little parts of the game that make the biggest differences. That is the exact criticism that Mayo is facing right now after that press conference from those who want to criticize him. That's the exact same criticism. USA Today levied the same criticism on Dan Campbell as we've heard here locally on Mayo the past couple of days. I feel like the good coaches are more concerned about talking strategy in the little parts of a game that makes the biggest differences. Coaches are not a monolith. 
Everybody's different. Everybody views things differently. Everybody is going to present themselves in an introductory press conference differently. And it doesn't matter if they give you all the detail in the world, like Brandon Staley did as he just kept talking and talking, or they give you these anecdotes of biting people's kneecaps off. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And everybody is jumping into this thing. Nick Sirianni's intro press conference was a nightmare. Sporting News, Dan Treacy had a retrospective on Sirianni's press conference. Here's what he wrote. Sirianni stumbled over his words a bit with plenty of talk about, quote-unquote, systems and not much substance. Oh, again, there wasn't much substance. Here's what Sirianni told reporters during his intro press conference. The first part of being smart is knowing what to do. We're going to, we're going to know, we're going to have systems in place that are easier to learn. When we can learn our system and we can get good at our system, then our talent can take over. Less thinking equals talent takeover. But we need to have systems in place, and we will have systems in place to do so. What? If you're counting at home or at work or in the car, wherever you are, he used the word systems five times in like three sentences. Five systems, a partridge, and a pear tree. So Nick Sirianni is stumbling and bumbling. Again, a few other times, Treacy wrote, when the words did not come out right, which is something most of us have dealt with. Fans widely mocked Sirianni's flop. Some questioning why the Eagles chose him in the first place. I remind you that stumbling, bumbling, system, system, system guy at the introductory press conference led his team to a Super Bowl last year. Most intro press conferences are are tone setters. That's the priority. That's what they're trying to do. And that's what Mayo tried to do on Wednesday. Go back to Staley. Staley was asked about his vision for the Chargers. This is what Staley said. It's eerily reminiscent of what Mayo would say. The foundation of our team will start with relationships. That will be number one. He didn't talk about, at that particular time, when he was asked about his vision, he didn't give you right off the bat X's and O's. He talked about relationships. The second thing will be competition. Players, coaches, staff, fans, together, we can create something truly special. Each and every day, the Chargers need to be on a mission, a mission to create something challenging, competitive, and impactful where people within our team become their best. Very similar to Mayo saying, no finger pointers. We need the right culture, the weight room, all of those things. We need to establish relationships and connect with players in this generation. That is a very common a very common presentation by coaches that are currently getting jobs at every level. The introductory press conference goes that way most of the time. What we witnessed on Wednesday was not different. And it's not an indication of how Mayo is going to do. I'm proving it to you right now with legitimate research and examples from prior press conferences and what was written about those coaches, how they stumbled and bumbled and mumbled their way through pressers and how they had no detail. Bill Belichick wouldn't talk like that. Yeah, because guess what? Gerard Mayo's not Bill Belichick. Neither is Dan Campbell. Neither is Nick Sirianni. Neither is Brandon Staley. Here's what's truly important. Not the press conference. What's truly important is the infrastructure being solidified. Secondly, who's going to be the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator of this football team? Special teams, eh, a lot less worried about that. The talent on the football team, what do you do in free agency and what do you do in the NFL draft? And buy-in from your team. Those are the four pillars. Woo! little four horsemen action for you. Those are the four pillars. Whether Mayo gave you an intricate breakdown of what he's going to do on both sides of the ball, or he gave you what he gave you on Wednesday, which was a vague overall look at the situation and, and building relationships and setting the culture, it doesn't matter. What matters is the infrastructure, the coaching staff, the coordinators, the talent that you can bring in. And if those players truly buy in, those are the four things we should be concerned about. Not the vernacular of a press conference said it yesterday 
An introductory press conference is a first day of class. It's not about getting into the curriculum. And if that's what you expected, then you had unreasonable expectations. That's a you thing. It's not a Mayo thing. Now, of course, as time goes on and you hire staff, you do have to give us details of what this offense is going to be. And I think we'll figure that out rather quickly, given who they hire. One more thing about Mayo making a mistake, talking with Steve Burton about the draft. Are we serious? Here's what, here's what Mayo said to Burton about the number three pick. Quote, we're going to draft the best player for a position that's very important. You put the pieces together. A lot of people said, oh, it's quarterback. Why? He didn't say the most important position. He said, we're going to draft the best player for a position that's very important. You put the pieces together. With this football team offensively, how many holes do they have at important positions? I would say a legitimate wide receiver is a very important position in football in 2024. I would certainly say that both offensive tackles are critical to an operation. And yes, a quarterback. I don't think Gerard Mayo was showing his hand. I don't think he was doing that at all. This team needs a lot. So here's what I would say. It's been a long week. Relax. Give Gerard Mayo some time to put his staff together. It's a very difficult transition given the specific circumstances of what's going on. And we will have plenty of opportunity. And trust me when I tell you, I will be first in line to absolutely crush the job that Gerard Mayo's done if he stinks. I'll be the first in line. But I will give him time. I will give him time to either crush him or give him credit because that's how I work. That's what I'm comfortable doing. If you are not comfortable doing that, I get it. But that's how I see it. We'll get into some uh, late coaching news that's popped up this morning. But first, let's head to some comments. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Comments always help. And subscriptions. Let's build the subscription number. We do breaking news pods like last night on Bill O'Brien. You can check that out on the channel. But give us that like. Every thumb means an awful lot. John Christian says, this situation has been ugly for a while. It's finally all coming to light now. How crazy it was behind the scenes. Yes, it was messy. It was messy. It's a messy divorce. And messy divorces are not easy. They take time to get through. That's what we're going through right now. Aaron says, this is why we wanted a clean house right from the start. Yeah, any Belichick loyalists, get them out. Make sure that there is a support staff in there for Mayo. That's how Mayo is going to succeed. Hopefully, that's what they do. James says, very interesting take. I think Belichick would want to get on with this on his new gig as soon as possible. Sad that it's come to this. Yeah. Gregory says he likes that rant. I appreciate it. S. Dito has something else here. S. Dito 62. Love the fact that silence is golden, yet things are happening. Proves to me that they are and have been doing plenty behind the scenes and loved your rant on the big guy's pod. Uh, the, the, the rant on my, um, the rant on the podcast with, uh, with Greg is getting, getting some play. I appreciate the compliments. Uh, Mr. Chapman, talk your talk, Nick. Great show. Love the new direction of the team. The, the idea, here's what I would say. Like the idea that Robert Kraft is completely clueless and Gerard Mayo are completely clueless is hilarious to me. Gerard Mayo is a very smart human being. Robert Kraft, he hasn't been perfect, but he's hired two head coaches in the NFL, both of those guys are likely going to be in the Hall of Fame. One definitely, and I think Carroll gets it. He's run companies. He's been a highly successful businessman. He's been vitally important to the NFL operation when it comes to TV rights deals. He helped save the league with the CBA going back years ago. And we expect that Kraft and Mayo are just walking into the room like the Will Smith gif. Like, is that what we're, that's what we're thinking? Like everybody's gone? The Travolta gif, the, the palms up, looking around. That's what we think's happening? Like These guys are just sitting back. Think about that. Do we honestly believe that Kraft and Mayo are sitting back with their feet up going, ah, we'll figure it out. Something's going to happen. I'm going to go have a, a margarita. I'll be back. Well, yeah, we got plenty of time. Is that what we're thinking is happening? Is that, does that, does that sound logical to you? 
that they're do they're doing nothing. There's nothing going on. Daniel, spoiled fan base. Expect instant results. If you understand what's happening, it's cleaning house, seeing where the cracks in the foundation are, seeing what needs fixed and what is still working. It's an evaluation process, and it will take a little time. For people who expected all of this to be figured out, again, I, I just I, I think that's illogical. I, I think you're going to need time for a messy divorce like this, and you can't do everything that you need to do when Bill Belichick is still coaching this team and the year's going on. It's not like Robert Kraft could go downstairs and be like, can I talk to you for a few minutes? It's not like Mayo is walking around going, hey, man, uh, he's out. Can, can we can we talk? You want to be my OC? That's not the real world. It's, it's, just, it's just not the real world. Nick Cattles for offensive coordinator. No. <laughs> the hours are long. I'd rather just talk into a microphone, and I am not. I am certainly not at all qualified to do that. There's so much reaction in here, guys and, and gals. I'm sorry I can't get to everybody. I see a bunch of you weighing in. It's it's always tough to get to everybody. Gregory Brown, again, Nick, who's your OC in D.C.? Interesting. I went over the OC names last night in the Bill O'Brien podcast. I really like Shane Waldron. I really like him. Uh, Zach Robinson's an interesting name. If you go in a different direction, why not? Look at Eric Bieniemy, defensive coordinator. I I think if if Steve is not going to be here, I would be fine with Steve. By the way, I would. Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo led a, a top ten defense in the NFL. The defense has been pretty freaking good the last few years with Steve Belichick calling the plays. I wouldn't mind Steve Belichick staying as long as he's not going to sit there and stab people in the back, which I don't think he would because he's very close to Gerard. But I also think Demarcus Covington. I would not have any issue with Covington being the guy. All right, let's quickly get to some uh, coaching notes here. Coaching notes, coaching notes, coaching notes. A few names surfaced this morning. Interesting names. So Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network reported that the Patriots are interviewing uh, Broncos defensive backs coach Christian Parker today. Today for their D.C. job. Parker's 32 years old. He would be one of the league's youngest coordinators. He's a fast riser. And I think what we're seeing with Gerard Mayo, he wants youth in this coaching staff. Pretty much every guy he's talking to right now, they're like in their 30s or early 40s. He wants youth on this staff. And I think you go back to his press conference on Wednesday when he talked about connecting to this generation. I think that has a lot to do with it. Andrew Callahan quoted Pelicero's tweet about Parker. And he posted, Parker has coached defensive backs almost exclusively in his career, has no coordinator experience. He also worked in multiple defensive systems and oversaw Patrick Sertan, the second's rapid rise to becoming an all-pro. Another interview, Ian Rappaport posted that the Patriots will interview Saints linebackers coach Michael Hodges for their D.C. job. New Orleans was a top 10 scoring defense in each of the last four seasons. Andrew Callahan jumped on that and said Hodges just completed his fourth season as the Saints linebackers coach. He previously coached at Fresno State in Eastern Illinois. Nick Underhill, who used to be around these parts, he now works in New Orleans, runs his own website, does a great job. His opinion on Hodges, he posted, really smart move by Mayo. And then Underhill actually released a video talking about Hodges, and I, paraf- I-, I took some notes on that. These are, these are obviously paraphrased comments, but here's what Underhill said about Hodges. Feels like one of the rising stars within the Saints coaching ranks. He does a great job developing players. His players generally get better. He is a great culture builder. He has a great feel on what it takes to succeed. He feels ready for the next step in his career. And we saw a lot of similar reactions in Atlanta from people who cover the Falcons about Marquise Williams who the Patriots are interviewing for special teams. Rappaport also just reported that there's another name involved for special teams, trying to track that down. Jeremy Springer, who is the Rams assistant special teams coach. Rams. Hmm. So you're talking to Rams coaches, huh? (laughs) Maybe. Another rising young coach. There's a, a, a through line 
with Gerard Mayo and, and the coaches that he's looking at. They're young. They're culture builders. They connect with the modern-day athlete. And looking at this, I just have to imagine this staff for the Patriots this year is going to be so much different. It's going to look different. It's going to sound different. It's going to act different. Different isn't always better, so we're not sure about that, but this is going to be a different staff. I thought Taylor Kyles from CLNS found something very interesting. Hodges was a co-defensive coordinator with DeMarcus Covington at Eastern Illinois in 2016. Hmm. Let's put these pieces together. Covington. Now, a lot of the staff, a lot of the coaches were on vacation. But Covington was the only coach that people saw at Mayo's press conference. Many have said he is in line to be a good defensive coordinator sooner rather than later. So Covington was the only coach at Mayo's presser. Now we find out that Mayo is interviewing Covington's co-defensive coordinator back in 2016 at Eastern Illinois. He is interviewing that guy for the defensive coordinator position. And don't get it twisted. A lot of these interviews are likely to try to find out if these guys want to work on the staff, not necessarily as the DC. So yet it only takes a minute to put two and two together and say, okay, so Covington is close with Mayo. Covington has done a great job with the defensive line. Just look at Christian Barmore, Dietrich Wise, Keon White this year. Look at Anthony Jennings. All of those guys who have gotten better under Covington's watch. So it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at this and say, well, Covington's probably going to be the defensive coordinator, and they're looking at people that Covington has a relationship with and a history with. Makes sense. We have a super chat. Thank you, cool, genuine Phil. Hey, Nick, tuning in from Cali, LFG Pats, LFG Celtics. Appreciate you, Phil. Always appreciate those super chats. Uh, from Cali, lived out in Sacramento for about a year and a half. Had a lot of fun out there, a lot of success. Moved back for family, um, but it was a great time out there. And the weather, mm, mwah, chef's kiss, beautiful thing. No humidity, 75 to 80 for like months out of the year. I'll take it. That's one of the drawbacks of doing this podcast and not a radio show. I just run out of time. Like I'm going towards like an hour here. It's supposed to be 30 minutes. So much to talk about. So much happening. I can't even get into the Celtics, the Bruins. Pasta having a great night last night. JVR having a better season than any of us thought. Swayman looking like a beast between the pipes. Can't even talk about those things. Can't talk about the Celtics as much as I want to. Derek White's incredible year. Which, by the way, I'm writing a column at Boston Sports Journal every Friday. I started this about a month and a half ago. Check out today's column. It's on Gerard Mayo's full plate, and it's also a nice write-up about Derek White. So, appreciate you. So anyway, when you look at this, you put the pieces together, it would certainly seem like that Gerard Mayo is very comfortable with DeMarcus Covington. Covington is very likely going to be the defensive coordinator, and they're looking at people who will work underneath Covington that have a relationship with Covington. Justine jumps in, says, go back to 98.5. Not my decision, Justine. I'm a free agent. I am available. But I also love this. I love doing this and talking to all of you. I don't want this to go away, no matter what happens. Don't want this to go away. Would love to hear you back on the radio. Well, I appreciate that. Again, just like, radio is different, right? You get, you get three, four hours. You can talk about everything. You can have a lot of fun. I got to hit you over the head with like sports takes on this podcast because it's short. I can't have fun and, and crack jokes and play music. And I, I do miss that part of it. So Hodges and DeMarcus Covington, co-defensive coordinators at Eastern Illinois, Eastern Illinois back in 2016. So it, it really looks like that a lot of work is getting done. No matter what other people said <laughs> over the past few days, fans, media, whoever. Oh, they're not doing anything. They have no plan. Well, now we see it, right? Now we see it. Say goodbye to Belichick. Introduce Mayo. And now there's a ton, a ton of, of leakage about who Mayo is talking to 
for certain jobs. Bill O'Brien leaves last night. Things are happening, folks. Just because we're not told in real time doesn't mean that things are not happening. We don't know what we don't know. I know it's Friday. I know I want some beverages. By the way, I'm going to the DMV later today. I appreciate all your thoughts and prayers. I've been told that the DMV is better nowadays around these parts. Keep my fingers crossed. Finally getting my license transferred from Cali to Mass. Hopefully it's not a disaster, but there's a silver lining. A very good brewery. I don't know how many of you out there know about this, but Berkeley and Taunton is close to the DMV. So I'm going to struggle. I'm going to fight the fight, the war at the DMV. Hopefully get my license. Then I'm going right to Berkeley. <laughs> and I'm starting my Friday night. Celtics Nuggets tonight. Co coincidentally or not, all of a sudden the Celtics are fully healthy. I appreciate all of you. I really do. Thumbs up, comments, subscriptions. Help us out here. If you're listening on Apple Pods and Spotify, rate and review. Hopefully it is a good rating. It is a good review. Cheers, Dito 62 says cheers. Thomas, nice words about the podcasts. Following from Hayward, California. I lived in Roseville, Thomas, for a year and a half or so. Ian, love the way you do this, how interactive it is. Just try to do something different. Have the conversation with you, not at you. Yeah, we'll get heated from time to time. I get worked up a lot. I'm a passionate guy. But I enjoy this, and you guys have really helped me continue here uh, with no full-time job to, to be able to do this, what I love to do, and have the conversations with all of you. Have a great Friday. Have a fantastic weekend. If something breaks and I'm not out and about, which I might be, UFC tomorrow night. I'm a big UFC fan. So I might be out and about. But if I'm not out and about and something breaks, we'll be all over it. If not, Monday, 11 a.m. sharp, right here, Monday through Friday, every day. Appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Have some fun. Don't be knuckleheads. Be safe. Be healthy. Until Monday, it's the Nick Cattle Show.